You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. When it comes to a starting lineup, everybody loves the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skin care that the pros love, LA Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB. The starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-size intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25 in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination of the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. That's $10 plus free shipping available at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. The Minnesota Wild took a 1-0 lead over the Vegas Golden Knights in their first round playoff series today. But before that game took place, I had a chance to talk to former LA Kings and former Minnesota Wild Mark Parrish about that series. Because frankly, I really want to see Vegas lose that series. Uh, I'm a temporary Wild fan, and that means that this is a temporary Minnesota Wild podcast. At least for this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Minnesota Wild take on the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. And to tell us all about it, former LA King Mark Parrish. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing great, Jesse. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, Jack Jablonski, resident Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, (laughs) More than one on this call. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm great. Thanks for asking, Jesse, because you didn't. But... Yeah, no, this is, I'm excited to have Mark on. It's great to see you. And uh, here we go, Jesse, start us off. Yeah, so the first question, Mark, is just, does this series come down to goaltending? Oh, boy. Uh, it doesn't It seem like every series comes down to goaltending in the playoffs. It's it's such an important position. Uh, you know, Cam Talbot, you look at Cam Talbot's numbers, they match right up there with the best in the league. He's had a spectacular year. Uh, but then you look over and the other side, you got Mark andre Fleury. You know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's done it all with a couple of teams now. And uh, they also got Robin Leonard, who's right there behind him. I, you know, obviously they won the Jennings Trophy this year. There's no better tandem in the NHL. And uh, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty strange to hear, especially when your number one's Mark andre Fleury, how there was kind of talk around here that which one are they going to start? And that to have that depth at goaltending is so unique and, 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 and so important, I guess, going into this series that it does scare me quite a bit with that tandem uh, and the rest of the depth too, for that matter, that Vegas has their team. That's they've been built for a Stanley cup run little, literally since inception. They, they've just been built for these moments and uh, the wild are definitely going to have their handful on that. There's these trends that I keep hearing about, you know, the game is going towards speed, it's going towards skill, it's going away from size. And one of the ones that I I still just haven't bought in yet is the notion that you need to have two goalies in the playoffs. I was just listening to, I think it was uh, was either Hockey Central or, or one of those shows, and they were listing off all the teams that had had recent success going with two goalies. And they mentioned the Capitals from a couple of years ago. And now Holtby hadn't played every game, and I scratched my head and I thought, well, he he didn't play the first two and they lost. And then he came in and it feels like he played the rest and they won. So I don't know that that counts, but I mean, Minnesota's in a very similar spot to Vegas, right? Like with, with Tabit and Kakinen. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's going to come down to their number one. It, it, it's who's going to play the best, obviously. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is just nice having that, 
that that insurance policy, I guess. It's just that assumption that if one struggles or if they are going to struggle, then you can still fall back on it. And that's that's where it kind of comes in. 90% of the time, I would even go 99% of the time, if your number one goalie is getting yanked, you're in trouble. Because there's more than just the goaltender at that point that that is struggling. That you know, the the defense, everything, the structure. Uh, how the team's playing in front of them too. So, so usually when you do end up having to move on to the next goalie, you're in a lot of you're you're in a heap of it. Mark, uh, it's interesting because Jesse kind of brought up how the game has turned into you know more speed and more skill. And for Vegas, you know we've watched plenty of Minnesota Wild games. Vegas has that speed and that skill. Minnesota, on the contrast, has you know, two lines that are about that speed and skill. And, you know, you've got your Kaprizov line, you've got your Fiala line, but then the big boys up front with Greenway, uh, Greenway, Eric Sinek and Felino. you know, how do you think that line factors into the success moving forward in this series? That's the X factor. That That's the line as much as obviously Kaprizov coming in, Billy Guerin coming in, it has, has completely changed the trajectory of the wild you know in one year it's it's amazing it's an it's one hell of accomplishment but as as you know jack jack this is a playoff this is a playoff it's a whole new season throw the book out of whatever happened during the season i know that there's a lot of wild fans out there that oh we we own we own vegas we owned a well we've never seen him in the playoffs you can scratch those numbers it's back to zero zero uh, and that that line right there will be the X factor. They're going to be lined up against Stone. They're going to be lined up against the big boys. And not only will they have to shut them down, but they're going to have to chip in scoring too the, with the depth of the wild. That was their success this year was the different lines stepping up, especially that line stepping up at times and, and completely controlling games, winning games. They're going to have to do that. This, this playoff series for the wild to have success. I'm going to ask this question of Jack first, and then we'll go to you, Mark. Um, <clears throat> And this is not, I'm going to open this by saying I apologize for the first half of this question. I like it already. (laughs) Um, As as a Kings fan, I never really had an impression of the Minnesota Wild, right? Games against between the Wild and the Kings were usually pretty boring affairs. Absolutely. Um, Right? Like, not particularly exciting. But Jack and I were talking just before uh, you hopped on, Mark, about Suter and Parise. And as a Kings fan watching from a distance, I saw that signing, both of them, what was it, 13-year deals. And I thought, oof, the chances of that working out are low. And, you know, year after year after year, the con- the guys just kept getting older and the contracts just kept getting smaller. But it, it never really seemed like it was going to work out. So, Jack, I'm just curious from, like, an emotional fan standpoint. How nice is it to see these guys on a team that that people are looking at and going, wow, that team's really good. It's an interesting situation for for Zach Brucey right now, especially. But both of them, you know, when we first signed them, they were the cornerstone of the team. It it was those were the two guys that we leaned on to take us to the promised land. Uh, And, you know, for an organization that has been to the playoffs nine of the last 10 years, in itself is is a huge accomplishment. The only problem is I believe they made it to the second round twice of those two years. So, you know, they were able to get us in the playoffs and able to kind of build, um, I wouldn't even say an identity because we didn't really have one. It was much more of a boring uh, type of play, but, you know, they were able to find success. And then for them to now be, you know, quote unquote, role players in a team that's extremely dangerous and unpredictable. 
uh, is great because they have that experience. It's something that they can help with some of the younger guys on what to expect, what to prepare for. Um, but they're not the guys that we lean on. Anything that we'll get from Parisi offensively will be a bonus in this series. Uh, I think we lean on him for more of the penalty kill, assuming he's in the lineup uh, and just being that veteran aspect on the bench and in the locker room, you know, from Suter's perspective, uh, he's a guy that, you know, will be in an identical situation in terms of production, but, you know, he's going to be that guy that's expected to shut down some of the top lines. And while he won't play 28 minutes, he's going to be extremely valuable when he's on the ice. Does that sound right, Mark? He nailed it. All right, That's perfect. The check. No, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just talking about this on the power chart on the radio uh, show that I do back in Minnesota and, and how amazing it is uh, to look at. Yeah, it, the, the the great thing, bringing in Suter Parisi, they were the top, you know, the number one D, number one forward on the market at that time. And for Minnesota just to go out there and get that, that just, it showed the state, the, the Wild fans, the while are going for it. The owner, Craig Leopold, is willing to spend the money. He wants the team. He wants to win. He wants to win now, which was an amazing step with the, for their organization, as well as that kind of, as Jack was saying, that boring, and, and you got to give credit to Jacques Lemaire. I mean, the, the inventor of the trap, that was his game. You know, you bring him in, you know that's what you're getting. It's three to two, two to one wins, and boring hockey. I played it. It's boring happening hockey. Yeah. But, no, you were in it for what five, six, seven years? <laughs> too long, too long. <laughs> I forgot how to play offense. For God's sakes, I played that too long. Uh, you know, and, and now they bring in now that with Billy Garen, Dean Everson. Now it's now that's that other step. Now you're bringing in a superstar with Kirill Kaprizov. You got Fiala as their number two, and you start talking about the core players and the decor: Brodine, Dumba. All these guys step in Spurgeon. So now all of a sudden you got Breezy in this fourth line role, still part of the core of the team, still bringing that leadership, still bringing his style of play that, that is infectious when he gets going. Uh, he and Felino, especially those two, when they get going, they're the engines. When they're going, everybody seems to follow them and it's great. Uh, and then you look at the D card now. I mean, I would generously put Suter as the third D man for the wild. That's incredible. I mean, these two are great players. They've, they've been great players for a long, long time. And it just shows how far the Wild have come as a team, as an organization where, I mean, Parisi's not on the power play as much anymore. Guys have stepped up and you, you, you've seen Felino, Greenway, Eck, you know, 20 goals or almost 20 goals. I think, uh, you know, it's just incredible. Um, how far they've come and how great it really is. It, it just shows the core, the leadership. Uh, the way the transition, how they've handled it, how Suter and Parisi have handled it, that there hasn't been any whining publicly. I mean, and it's hard. I've been there in that situation as, a, as an athlete, as a professional. Hey, your own ego, it's it's tough, but that's the shelf life. That's what we have. We know we're going to be at our top of our game for so long, and then we hope we can hang on for a little bit longer. And and, and so the way that they've helped out, the way that that transition of that core, that, that, that really pays, uh, that's really a lot of uh, – you got to give a lot of credit to those guys to accept those roles. Mark on the, you know, the flip side and you look at Vegas, you know, they propose a lot of problems, you know, the depth of their defense and the offense that they can produce. But again, you've got, you know, three, three or so lines that are, you know, debatably number one lines on some other teams. You know, what do you think is the biggest problem that, you know, the wild are going to have to go up against when you look at their roster? 
Uh, you know, the, the one thing about Vegas, you talk about the speed, they're, they're physical too. You know, they got talked back there. They got guys that, that are, they're not afraid to get in there and get on the offense, but their, their transition game is, is just horrifying. Uh, the way that they turn around, they don't like spending a lot of time in their end. And even when they do, I think like the addition of Peter Angelo and, and guys, you know, you get flurry, you get through them and you finally get, you got to deal with Mark Andre flurry. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, their depth back there and just their transition game. They've got, uh, you know, Pacioretty, uh, I believe, is still kind of questionable. They're getting Reeves back, so that so they should be getting Reeves back. So that the, there's more physicality that the Wild have to deal with. Uh, you know, they're just they're just a built for a playoff team, and, and they're all early playoff vets. They've all been there and been around playoff series enough, and, and that that can't be understated how important that is to have had that playoff experience where the wild as a team, they haven't had that yet. It's, I think it's going to be a big eye opener game one, game one in <laughs> Vegas. It's going to be a, be an eye opener for, for Minnesota. That's for sure. You mentioned Kirill Kaprizov and I want to focus in on him for a second. Jim Fox, color commentator for the LA Kings. Um, not only has sung his praises all year long as, you know, rookie of the year winner, um, but we just did an episode of uh, of their podcast with Alex Faust, and they were going through all the postseason awards. And Jim Fox named him. I should preface this by saying Jim thinks that uh, all four divisions should have their own awards this year since they didn't play one another. Um, but listed him as the MVP for the Pacific for so excuse me for the Western uh, division. Um, yeah. Is that I mean is that valid? We all sort of our jaws all sort of dropped. We we're like wow. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think he had, you know, Robertson had a great year and there was some debate there for a while. Uh, uh, and, and as soon as well, for a little while, there was when, he, when Robertson started to kind of catch up to Kirill. And then all of a sudden, Kirill just turned it on. It was almost kind of, he was almost giving an F you, like, I'll show you the <laughs> Calder Trophy. And he does 100%. And, and in a way, I agree with him. I, I believe he should absolutely get some MVP votes. You know, does he belong as the MVP? Uh, I, I, if if there was a, a, a divisional uh, trophy like that, like Jim was saying, then I would say yes, for that matter. But I mean, how can you, I mean Connor McDavid? Awesome. <laughs> I mean, he, I, the points that McDavid had alone, uh, you know, and I, you hear the debate like, ah, oh, he plays with dry settle. Come on, like that's that's, <laughs> that's tiring. I'm sick of that, that that argument. Come on, you're saying Matthews didn't have anybody that he played with in Toronto. I mean, they're loaded up. Right? <laughs> crying out loud not to mention O'Reilly who they have in the back so to say that that is the argument where Matthews did it all by himself is an absolute joke and and McDavid that you just how can you not how can you not vote for him for MVP with that kind of um so I guess the the larger implication is you know looking at the Minnesota Wild roster Kaprizov's your your one standout star right like not that there aren't very good players on the team but Historically speaking, you know, if you get one incredible player on a basketball team, oh, you're a contender at the very least. Whereas in hockey, if you get one incredible player, you know, maybe you're like an eight seed or fighting for for a low seed. Is is Minnesota the way it's presently constructed the right way to build around a single, you know, star? One hundred percent. The the thing that um, you know coming in. We, you know, we talked about this a lot uh, in Minnesota and here at the NHL Network. Uh, coming in, he's been a star. He's he's been the man everywhere else. I mean, he, he MVP of the Olympics, 
the KHL, he, he's just been the man everywhere he's gone. Now, we assumed that there'd be offense. Everybody assumed he'd have the offense, but could he play the complete game in the NHL? And, and he's answered it with a resounding yes. Uh, that's been the most impressive thing to, to me is his total game. Uh, he's back checks. He doesn't shy away from the physicality. I, I actually, I was uh, calling a, uh, uh, one of the first games or one of the games in LA when LA was playing Minnesota. And I can't remember who it was that was just right off the face off, started giving him checks, like started giving it to him. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Here's his first test. How's he going to deal? Is he going to crumble up and fade away or shy away, get away from the puck? He comes back early in the second period, absolutely laid the kick player out. Like just had his number in the back of his head and just laid him out. I think it might have been Wang. I'm not positive on that. But but that being said, like that was a that was the point where like, hey, this guy's not even scared. There's nothing that's gonna intimidate this guy. His physicality, the way he back checks, he back checks hard, he makes plays in the D zone. When when it and he and he does the typical superstar thing. When a play needs to be made and he's on the ice, he makes whether it's a takeaway in the defensive zone. Uh, when he gets the puck, it, you're on the edge of your seat. He's one of those players. You, when he gets the puck behind his own goal line, who knows if he's going to go 200 feet. And I don't know how many times he's circled the old zone with the puck, just keeps circling while everybody's chasing him and then finally just shoots, scores, or sets somebody up. He's got amazing vision. Uh, he literally has every tool in the toolbox when it comes to a both-way, a, a two-way hockey player in the NHL. Jesse, you you mentioned like uh, you know the construction and is it a roster that can you know that the Wild can can be successful with you know behind having that one superstar and, and you know Fiala is not a sexy name but he's someone that has ultimately become that one B option and, yep. and Mark I'll let you pick up in, in a sec but you know he's that guy who when Kaprizov you know he didn't. He never really had a cold streak, but there were a few times where, you know, he went away for, you know, two or three games and Fiala was right there to pick it up. You know, he's not established yet, but he's slowly becoming that player who's going to be. And for Kaprizov and Fiala to, to continue to succeed in the playoffs is going to be a huge X factor for the Wilds uh, ultimate ability to potentially win the series. Especially Fiala. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, and where Fiala would get in trouble would, uh, trying to do a little too much, trying to be a little too fancy, you know, trying to make play a, 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 a cute play at the blue line early, early in the season too. Right. Yes. And Dean even, you know, he benched him for a couple of games and now Fiala and you can tell him Fiala lately, he is, he's played that he's on the right side of the puck offense defensively. He's playing much more intelligent, but that X factor is if he slides back into that old Kevin Fiala, you can't do that because those, those turnovers, those, those simple little mistakes trying to do too much are going to kill you against a team like Vegas with their transition and their ability to just, just turn and bury it in a heartbeat. Mark, uh, in your career, did you ever have a moment where it kind of flipped the switch on, okay, I can't do too much. You know, I, I, you, you learned the hard way, you know, you were benched. You had a moment where someone stood up in the locker and called you out or something like that. Absolutely. That's, that's the learning curve of an NHL. Very few come in like Kaprizov and, and just are, are ready to play both ways and, and being uh, not being as defensive liability. A lot of times you'll hear that about wingers, especially that, that, you know, you, Hey, we don't care. You know, they, we don't care really how many score goals they score in the third line. They just can't give them up. Right. So we all go through that and, and it's just part of the game. You, you gotta, 
you know, tighten that bottom lip up a little bit and not pout and just work your way through it. But man, I remember, and there's, there's, and it's not just as a rookie, there's just times where, uh, you know, as I got older, you know, with the, with the wild and the mayor, who is, who's the all time best at keeping everyone accountable, uh, you know, that you don't even realize your game is slipping and you'll get frustrated. Like what the hell I'm playing. I'm playing great right now. And then you watch the tape. You're like, Oh, did I really do that? Did I really <laughs> just leave my guy in the D zone? You know, so, so there are plenty of moments for just about for 90% of the NHL. There are those moments. And then there's those few just stars or superstars or two way players that are just perfect. They just don't make mistakes. They're like robots. Well, as a Kings fan, um, I can't think of a higher praise to heap on a player or a team than to say this season I have really hated Kirill Kaprizov <laughs> and the Minnesota Wild. That's true. <laughs> I think so, I think that uh, I think he had the most points against the Kings against any team. Every every shift, every game, it just felt like there's 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 his number again. There he is, just burning us again. So. Uh, <laughs> The fact that you're going up against the Vegas Golden Knights makes me, as I've told Jack already, uh, an instant Minnesota Wild fan. I've changed the name of my Twitter account. I'm, I'm on board. Um, ah, <laughs> love it. Wild. So uh, let's uh, let's get a, a prediction before we let you go. Uh, how's the series go? How many games? Well, let me say first that I am pulling for the Wild too, and I'm a huge <laughs> fan. And this yeah, is it's where not I like get... you're connected with the organization at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And this is where I'm probably going to get into a little bit of heat from the Wild fans. But oh, no. Vegas is just, they're just just—they're just built for the playoffs. It, and, and I'm one of many here at the NHL Network that uh, that has them going to the Cup and winning the Cup. They're, they're just that team that horrifies me. Uh, I, I was getting in trouble with with my buddies back home, and they're like, "Oh, we, we're gonna get Vegas. We got to get Vegas." And I'm like, "I'd rather get Colorado." I mean, <laughs> pick your poison. Just, yeah. Vegas is built. They're just they're just too good. They've been there and done that. It's, it's it seems like you you just had this feeling this year that this is their year finally. Like they finally put all the pieces together. Like they've already made runs. They've already been in the playoffs, and now it looks like it's taking care of business time for them. And I think it's. I think it's going to be in Vegas. I think it's going to be in seven. I think the Wild are going to put one hell of a fight up, and I will not be shocked if they do win. But but my my gut's telling me that Vegas has got it in seven. It's interesting because Vegas, you know, they've had so many bad beats over the last two years. I mean, even in their first year, that you know, they had a hell of a run in, in the first year that they had it. But you, know, you look at the last two years, and it was just shocking, heartbreaking losses that knocked them out of the playoffs. And you know, and then, you know, for Minnesota, all we wanted was Vegas because we're like, oh, we have them in the regular season. We're the only team in the NHL that's had a winning record against them every year. Like, it's bound to happen. And I feel like any time that you root for a team to play against in the playoffs, it never pans out. <laughs> so, it, you know, it just feels like everything's stacked up for another heartbreaking Minnesota playoff loss. And as it is in every sport that Minnesota plays in. Uh, professionally in Minnesota so yeah I hope we're all right this time in terms of wanting Vegas but yeah you're right this team is made for the playoffs it's gonna be a six or seven game series and as the resident Minnesotan I'll take uh Minnesota in six so there you uh, go. Shame on, Good, shame on, well, one yeah, of us Thank you, shame on you Mark <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Mark as a longtime Minnesota Wild you're really hurting my feelings there with that, <laughs> with that prediction but listen we thank you so much for uh, <laughs> appreciate you coming on we really uh we really like I said appreciate it thank you so much 
Absolutely. Anytime, Jack. Anytime, Jesse.